Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers fans of the new york giants or new york jets nfl football betters fantasy football players anybody i may have left out far and wide welcome in to episode number 112 112 of the talking the line podcast and as always thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful August 27th, 2021. Now we have loads to talk about today. We have a double season preview coming at you. We're going to go rapid fire. We are going to go light speed. But before we do, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the ttl pod on as my partner recovers from that hammer hit of his fist if you are watching on youtube you might as well hit that notification bell over there as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional ttl crew content dropping as there is some new content coming very very soon but if you are listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcast directory hit that subscribe button there as well if you haven't already that way you never miss the release of any audio as we do drop it after every live show is over next item up on the docket if you are watching live or if you are listening regardless of what you're doing and you can find it in your heart to be so kind got a couple extra seconds hit that like button, leave us a comment, leave us a rating, jump on over there in the live chat. If you are watching live, we can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do. And it only helps us make talking the line sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, but certainly not least, head on over to this episode's description before we dive deep into everything and check out the talking the line link tree. It's the first link you'll see there in the description. And in that link tree, you will locate all of the TTL crew's social content, our additional content as well, and the talkingtheline.com website. So you can consume all of that, however, and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, NFL fans, Giants fans, Jets fans, Everybody in between, I might have missed. I am your humble host, Colton, Colt45, Sroka. And as always, once again, thank you so much for choosing to stop by the Talking the Line podcast today. We have a loaded show coming at you. Beautiful Friday here. We are going to absolutely kill it getting you into your weekend. So make sure you stay tuned for the full thing. We got everything Giants and Jets on tap here today. But I keep saying we can't do this all by myself. I'd get awful tired. It'd get awful long and awful windy if I just talked about two teams all by myself. So I need a little help. 
along with a lot of other things in this uh, Talking the Line sports media journey we have been upon. Most importantly, right now, the co-host of the Talking the Line podcast, a man who has already thrown a couple subtle jabs my way because the second Crosstown Classic, now played at Guaranteed Rate Field, is going to be going on tonight between my cubbies and his socks. And his Packers are looking better and better day by day. Aaron Rodgers is now dropping 70-yard dimes into nets as if he has never been off a gridiron in the last 365 days. All that being said, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley, Armags Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, it is Friday. I am doing damn fine. I appear it appears as though your new strategy is to take the wind out of my sails and just say what I'm uh, you know, gonna brag about uh, you know, yourself so that I don't. But uh yeah, you nailed it on the head. Cross down series tonight, part two. All's we need obviously we want another sweep, but all uh, we need is uh one game to take the season series because it is at three oh hey, as we come into tonight. What did Slim Shady say? I know everything every single thing these fools are about to say about me. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, hey man, I'm out here just cutting well, it down at the knees for you even yeah. get an opportunity, pal. But you, mentioned, you still got uh, another little jab in there. Sure. Thanks you mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers dropping dimes in the nets. Saw little Jordan Love doing the same. Doing his own little uh, suck it signs. Oh, J Love dropping dimes and suck it signs. You don't yes, sir. say. Wow. <laughs> you know, he's picking things up. A uh, little master Padawan type stuff. Looking like it more and more each day. As if this cheesehead wearing, green and gold bleeding. 12 diehard needed anything else to be excited about. Now it looks like his second-string quarterback, Jordan Love, who couldn't even throw at a net last year, is dropping dimes and throwing suck-it signs right alongside Roche. Something I really don't care to hear about all too much, so we're going to skip right along past that and gloss right on over it because we got a loaded show coming at you today, my friends. Got a little green on here today. Don't get many opportunities to wear green when we're talking about uh, the NFL. I think this is the only green team, the Jets. So, well, uh, And then also we have the blue, so hey, got to rock the green at this uh, point in time. Well, not the only green team. My Packers also. Oh, yeah, I forgot I just said green, but screw them. I don't really care about them at all. Eagles got an interesting green, and not Eagles the same. Eagles are green. Ah, geez, there's a lot of green yeah. teams. Don't get a lot of opportunities, but there you that's go. why I'm wearing green today. So first things first, my friends, before we dive deep into everything, we will be doing the usual run-of-the-mill NFL special edition. So we'll do the full team breakdown. Uh, we'll also do the full schedule predictions, betting preview, and fantasy advice and start stash or pass. Now, if you didn't stop by the first uh, double NFL special edition, we did that uh, back uh, a couple week weeks or ago. So ago. What were the two teams? Uh, it was did? Chargers and Raiders. Chargers and Raiders we did. Um, so this is the second one. We had two days planned out. So no more of these. This is the last one. And uh, we'll be jam-packing everything. So when we do go segment by segment, we'll break down the Giants first. Then we'll get right into the Jets. So um, we'll just go right through everything and then just dive right back and forth right into everything. So to make it the easiest, um, one thing that uh, we did the last time, we just stuck offensively. And then we went to the Jets offense. Mm -hmm. And then or or we can I guess we'll kind of stay on the same path. We'll stay on the same path. We'll see how it goes as far as timing and everything. And then we'll do that. So we do have the thirds color coordinated so you guys don't get lost along the way you know who we're talking about and we know who we're talking about at the same time so 
Outside of that part, no, I didn't see any late breaking news here as we were starting the show. No, sir. Uh, college football week one. We have so uh, yeah. there's there's so much there's other plenty. stuff to yeah, talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. We'll I am it. going to put a cap and a half on it right now because I could talk <laughs> for another half hour. Uh, we'll save that all for the end of the show. Little uh, TTL after hours or NFL special editions after hours, if you will. But for now, today's two teams of the day. The season previews on tap, my friend. Friends, we have the New York Giants football club. And then the New York Jets. So you see them nice and color coordinated for you. No worries, no problems, Giants and Jets. All right, so we're going to get right after it, my friends. No hesitation, no delay, and it's going to be a little quicker than usual. So if you got your pens and paper out, you might want to get a little extra swig of coffee because we're going to be going at light speed here today. So as always, partner, as you get geared up here, I get geared up here. Let's rock it. To you beautiful people out there, if you're sipping on a couple of Joe, cup of Joe. Cheers couple to you. of Joes either. One Joe, couple of Joes, who maybe, knows? Maybe you're double fisting your Joe this morning. Some way to All go. I know is that a hell of a cup. That is a hell of a cup of Joe. So, first things first, my friends. As always, first segment of the day, full team breakdown. We're starting things off with the New York Giants. First things first, let's get it cracking. All right, we will go for the. Uh, we're going to skip the offenses, losses, and uh, offensive additions, right. and then the same thing for defense as well. Um, I had actually kind of gone through those a little bit in depth. There are some worth noting, but nothing that uh, we won't be able to cover here in kind of right. rapid fashion when talking about the outlook. I don't think there's any crazy losses either way. No, nothing major either either way. I mean, obviously the one you would write home about is Sam Darnold, but sure. we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth here in a second. So I actually got a confession to make, and you guys are going to find this really funny. Um, you know, the host of the show should really know what the fuck's going on from time to time. And right. Like, like hey, we're going <laughs> to skip the additions and the losses. Well, right before um, we came live, I was like, oh, I didn't write down the additions and losses on my side <laughs> sheet. So I spent an extra 10 minutes doing that, tweaking out, and realized that I didn't need to do that at all. So everything has now come back to full circle Hell. for me, and it is time to start the team breakdown. So before we get into 2021, my friends, as always, never know what the hell you're going to get on the TTL pod. Let's take a look at 2020 for the New York Giants. Now, they averaged right at five yards per play last year. They rushed the ball 41.30% of the time and passed the ball 58.70% of the time. Even though they had that split, they rushed the ball way too much on early downs, mm -hmm. and that is something we'll have to talk about here in just a second. Mm -hmm. Completion percentage was at 62.09% across the board, and third down conversion percent, 36.36%. .36%. One of the main reasons for that was so many early down runs and then having to depend on Saquon Barkley on second and 10 or more and then not getting it and then putting the ball in the hands of your quarterback, Danny Dimes, in a position where he has to be successful. And if he isn't successful, that's the entire weight of the world on his shoulder. Right. And it translated. And the defense They're, knows what's coming. 150%. They know it's going to be a pass, and then they never disguised a run. We'll talk about that a little bit more going into 2021, but that's why you saw that 36.36 clip on third down. In the red zone, also piss poor. I'm sorry, we got to see this improve. 46.34% in the red zone for the Giants last year. There needs to be an extreme amount of improvements all across this uh, offensive side of the ball. We'll talk about it a little more when we get into the coaching staff. I don't think 
that is going to happen this year. I'm sorry, Giants fans. That's my hot take early. But uh, let me tell you about the 2021 team before I tell you why I think that. Uh, as far as the offensive line goes, you have Matt Pert, right tackle, Will Hernandez, right guard, Nick Gates, center, left guard, Shane Lemieux, and then left tackle, Andrew Thomas. Solid line, nothing uh, major to write home about. We'll uh, tell you about the rankings here at the end, too. Tight end, would love to see some improvement from him. I hope we do. Evan Ingram. Wide receiver room, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. Name that we really don't know, Kenny Galladay. And when I mean what we really don't know is what the hell is actually going to happen with this man. He got hurt early last year and spent a lot of time on the injured list yet last year with the Lions. I took a severe hit uh, drafting him high on my fantasy team. We'll talk about that and start stash or pass. I got some stories there. But it looks like he might not even be ready for week one. So we're going to see the same kind of storyline play out. Is he injury prone? The Giants paid Kenny Galladay. So hopefully he can come back and produce for them soon. But in the interim, they have Kadarius Tony and John Ross, the uh, fourth and fifth man up on the depth chart. Mm -hmm. Then obviously coming back this year, Saquon Barkley backed up by Devontae Booker, previous Bronco, previous Raider, kind of a journeyman uh, RB2 now in the league at this point. And then Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones coming in for the fourth official year. Um, obviously, we'd have liked to see a lot more improvements by third. this. Uh, third official year, I apologize. Third official year. Obviously, we'd like to see a little bit more in 2020 it from an wrong. improvement Sorry. standpoint. Either way, um, I really, yeah, because he was in 2018, I do believe. Either way, um, you got Danny Dimes and then Mike Glennon. So my thoughts offensively before I kick it over to you, partner, why I said that I don't think there's going to be many improvements is mainly because of this offensive coordinator and the scheme. And okay. we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth once we get into the coaching staff. But I just don't know that Jason Garrett is going to have some of these things ratcheted up and plays ratcheted up to be able to get the job done offensively for right. these guys, be able to put Danny Dimes in those critical positions where the defense doesn't know what's coming. Right. Not big thing. Danny Dimes, not comfortable with play action under center. Mm -hmm. He is, he, he's just not. So let's stop running those at like an 80% clip. <laughs> right. Maybe that's a good thing to sure. start thinking about. And then now they have to really start to juggle wide receivers, something that Garrett has never been good with at all, ever. And now, okay, Barkley's coming back. I just hope he doesn't overuse Barkley. And right. then we have a, another bad situation. I Excuse me, I got to knock on wood early, but... That's what my thoughts are offensively. I'll give you a little bit more what I'm thinking. A lot of it looms around Jason Garrett. We'll talk about that a lot more once we get in the coaching staff. But partner, what are you uh, thinking here offensively for the Giants? I echo a lot of what you're saying with my concerns here, almost to a T. The only thing I'll add is that I like individually, I like the pieces that they added to this offense in the in the offseason with Tony, Ross, Galladay. I like those receivers. Yeah, yeah. I think their top priority should have been boosting up this offensive line, both from a passing and rushing standpoint, because, you know, this offensive line is not very good. And I don't think you can get a full evaluation on Daniel Jones in the young part of his career without an above, even an average to above average offensive line. And it's below average. So I really think that's going to be another issue on top of everything that you just mentioned, the scheming, the play calling when they're calling the right plays at the right time is not there also. So I think Daniel Jones, I mean, he proved he can't be successful with a situation like that. He was, I think, sacked the fourth most in the entire NFL last year, and I think he's going to be top five once again, and that's going to be a huge issue, and he's going to look bad. And then I think it could be a situation where 
you know, maybe they'll keep him around for another year. Maybe they ship him off. But I think it's going to be a situation where if he gets shipped off, you know, obviously he's not a great quarterback now. He would have proven that by now. I think there could be a situation where he goes somewhere else with a better situation and looks a lot better. But that's kind of my thoughts here. The offensive line is really my biggest concern here, partner. Yeah, you picked up anything that I could have yeah. left off by far. So let me wrap everything up here uh, with the key rankings offensively for the G-Men. As far as, uh, or actually courtesy of the guys over at SFA, as we always like to say, quarterback room uh, comes in ranked 28th unit in the league right now. Offensive line, 31st ranked unit in the league. Big concerns there. Running backs, uh, 10th ranked unit in the league. Obviously, that's the majority of uh, coming from Saquon Barkley. And then the receivers, 19th ranked unit in the league. If they can't figure out the health, if Kenny Galladay can't figure out his health, if they struggle at all trying to slot pieces in with this depth, they have names at depth. They have sure. guys at depth, but Jason Garrett has to be able to use them correctly. So that is the key rankings. Let's flip the script real quickly on over to the defensive side of the ball. Going to look pretty similar in most positions. They did pick up a few guys in uh, free agency or via the draft that'll uh, most likely get an immediate start. Yep. Most notably, uh, rookie Aziz Aljulari on uh, the left side or right side. I, I think it's the left side. I can't ever remember on the defensive yeah, yeah. side of the ball. Uh, either way, defensive end Aziz Aljulari looks like he's going to be getting a start. Young man coming out of uh, Georgia. Georgia. Go dogs. And then uh, for the rest of that line, you have Leonard Williams. Finally was able to uh, see some success last year under Patrick Graham. Uh, DeMar... Uh, no, Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. Almost said Demarcus Lawrence. Wrong team. Dexter Lawrence and then O'Shane Zemines. And then rounding out the uh, front seven, you have Blake Martinez and uh, also Leonard Carter. No, that is not Leonard Lorenzo. Carter. Lorenzo. Lorenzo. Lorenzo Carter. Me. Carter. Lorenzo. Lorenzo, Lorenzo Carter. <laughs> Lorenzo Carter. And then uh, as far as the secondary goes, you have James Bradbury, Darnay Holmes, Adoree Jackson, new ad this year, uh, free agency pickup, Jabril Peppers, strong safety, and then also uh, Logan Ryan. They also have a lot of depth. Most sure. notably, I want to give a shout out uh, to my guy, Julian Love. Uh, safety played a lot of different looks, different blitz packages, different coverage packages. Came in out of Notre Dame. I believe last year was his second year in the league or third year in the league. I can't remember right offhand. Uh, he is a friend of a friend, but uh, if by some chance you do hear this through the uh, grapevine, keep doing you. Keep killing shit, young man. You are absolutely destroying it on the defensive side of the ball. So I hope me personally, I hope he can see a uh, starting spot here this sure. year, and I think he is definitely worth it. So they have depth in that secondary. But as far as the front seven goes, it's going to be a little questionable. Obviously, they got the rookie coming in, Al Jolari. I think he'll be able to produce. I don't know if we see a repeat from Leonard Williams. 11 and a half sacks last year, I do believe. Dexter uh, Lawrence, we'll see what kind of pressure they can generate on the interior. The edge rushers. They don't scare me the most, Zemines and uh, Adjulari. I keep saying it. I don't know. It doesn't scare me the most. Blake Martinez, time to time, can uh, pull a big play either in coverage or uh, slamming down on the quarterback or running back. But overall, not my favorite defense in the league by yeah. far. Yeah, I, uh, I'll echo a lot of your, what you're saying, and I'll put it in a way to kind of cap what we're both thinking here. I think this is a defense that they've they've managed to cover up their glaring holes that they've found mm. over the last few years, but I don't think they have any glaring strengths. Mm. And I do like this secondary, but kind of like you, I don't love it. I think it's going to be really solid. I think it's going to be above half of the league, but I don't think it's going to be a top five secondary. And then, like I said, overall, I just don't think they have really any glaring holes, so that definitely helps. 
and uh, you know they shouldn't be gashed every single game but I think there's going to be some games where they still let up a lot of points to some of these high-powered offenses and then there might be a couple games against some bad offenses that they look really solid so like you I like it I don't love it I like it. I don't love it. That mm-hmm. is a great way to close that. Let's give you the key rankings to officially close the defensive side of the ball. Once again, courtesy of our guys over at Sharp Football Analysis. The front seven, they got some concerns just as I do. 22nd ranked unit in the league. The secondary, not as uh, many concerns as maybe Max had. He does like it. Uh, I like it a, a lot, a lot, just because yeah. of some of the names <laughs> that I know kind of personally, and then also some of the big names in there. I like 11th ranked secondary in the league. So they obviously have uh, some high hopes for them. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this giant secondary can keep them in a lot of games. Let's wrap up the giant side of the ball, my friends, with a little bit of the coaching staff. You have coming in for, well, actually all of them coming in for their second official season now. Brand new coaching staff last year. Joe Judge, head coach, offensive coordinator Jason Garrett, and then the aforementioned defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Now, the one I want to spend the most time on is um, Jason Garrett, and you can fill in the holes wherever you want. But why I say that I think this offense sputters once again, my mind goes right back to Dallas. When he got the play calling taken away from him, two years ago and he came in and and mainly he got the play calling taken away because he wasn't able to make improvements. Mm -hmm. He wasn't able to look from week to week and put his guys in the best position to win at the best case scenario. Right. So that's why he got it taken away. Then they bring him in to New York where you saw regression in many, many statistical categories from 2019 to 2020. And, I'm very, very concerned that Garrett just sticks to that same track mm-hmm. record. That I don't know if he's not an analytics guy. I don't know if he doesn't look behind the scenes. But there's guys out there, if if there's guys like Warren Sharp uh, it, it, that has the capability to do it, you have the capability to right. do it as an offensive coordinator. So I don't know if he doesn't look at the numbers or what he doesn't do, but I'm very afraid of two things that are going to happen. He is going to stick to running the ball heavily on first down and probably second down too, Mm -hmm. forcing Daniel Jones into third and longs more than it needs to happen. And it's not going to work out so hot. And we probably see right around another 40% third down conversion, maybe even 35% third down conversion. And that's going to lead to them not getting the ball across the 50 all too often. And that's going to lead to another bad red zone scoring year. And I just think it all kind of hangs on Jason Garrett good not great offense they have the guys we talked about in the wide receiver room Saquon coming back looks like an absolute freak in some of the videos you can see on social media Danny Dimes is a good quarterback he just needs a good OC to get him there and I just don't know if this offense can be great like they need to be they have a true shot to win the NFC ish this year because it is the NFC ish with the pieces they have and they have a very easy cupcake schedule if you look at it Mm -hmm. but overall it just scares me that I don't think that they can elevate to that great level that they need to be at yeah I can't add too much here I mean he really just hasn't proved he's basically proven that he can keep his job but not excel you whether it's Cowboys or here excel you to the level that you want to go at and so I and now you get Saquon back, and I think that's really going to 
enhance him even more as far as thinking that he should run on first and second down because he even still continued to do it even without Saquon, which was bizarre. Mm. And now that you have this superstar running back, and I do love Saquon to that level, but as we mentioned, it's just, especially with this offensive line, if they had a great run-blocking offensive line, it might be a different story. Uh, Still probably not, but, you know, it's not a good offensive line, run-blocking offensive line. So I think it's going to be rough. I think, uh, you know, both Saquon is not going to look as good as he should, and Daniel Jones might look bad, especially against some really good pass rushes. I think there's going to be a few uh, bad defenses that they can look really solid against, and Jason Carrot will, you know, maybe that'll be enough to keep him his job. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's the Clapper for a reason. That's his nickname, <laughs> the Clapper for a reason. But uh, yeah, I've got uh, here, we go. here we go, guys. Keep pretty mediocre here hopes here. What do you say, guys? All right, good job, good job, good job. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I could not agree with you more on all of that stuff. Um, we'll talk about it more in depth, e- even more. We'll we'll continue to cover this. It just seems as we get segment by segment, we just continue to roll on more and more stuff and we come along more yeah. and more stuff. So we'll definitely continue to cover this more in depth and definitely from a fantasy perspective in uh, the Start Stasher Pass fourth and final segment of the day. But let's keep this show moving, steaming on down the tracks. As I always like to say, the New York Jets team breakdown is now on tap. All right, quickly, now that I know I don't have to worry about the offensive or defensive additions and losses, I can just keep it moving and grooving. First things first, let me get this lineup in front of me, and uh, here we go. All right, I also do have to uh, remember these first names, so sometimes I'm really proud of myself that I can keep this moving and grooving, but sometimes you got me right there to uh, keep me going. So now that I said that, watch me forget everybody. Offensive line here for the New York Jets. You have Morgan Moses, uh, Greg Van Rotten, Connor McGovern, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Makai Becton. So, not the worst offensive line in the league. Not the best, but definitely a group of guys that I can, I think can protect that new rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. Something surprising to me, though. They didn't pick up another guy or even maybe just like a journeyman quarter, QB2 to be behind him maybe just a little bit of uh coaching up if Mm -hmm. you will or maybe a little bit in case something happens you got somebody there they picked up another quarterback in the draft james morgan uh so two rookie quarterbacks here in new york something a little interesting a little different scheme to go with there we'll see how that works out running back room bob sala we'll talk about him robert sala we he brought tevin coleman with him from the 49ers that's rb1 rb2 looks to be their pick in this year's draft michael carter michael carter i think is going to be a sleeper and i will talk about him in fantasy uh once we get to that segment i think he is going to be very key to this team as far as the wide receivers go Pretty solid group. Actually, the best group that uh, New York has probably had, at least uh, since Darnold was there. Um, Darnold never had a group that looked like this. Uh, Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, who should only continue to blossom in his second year, Elijah Moore, and Keelan Cole. I'm actually really high on Keelan Cole, and I just think that he got the short end of the stick in Jacksonville, fourth, fifth guy on the depth chart, and never really had a good quarterback throwing to him. I think he could get into the fourth or third spot on the depth chart. Okay. He is very, very sneaky, and a lot of people do not take stock of Keelan Cole. And then, last but certainly not least, Chris Herndon. Uh, he is the tight end here, comes in uh, for his third or fourth year now in uh, New York. Never the best tight end to write home about, but I think they can definitely uptick his production here, especially with Mr. Mike LeFleur coming into town. We'll talk about him as well. That's my thoughts offensively so far. Partner, what are you thinking for the 2021 Jets offense? 
Yeah, you know, it's a big question mark for me. It sounds like you're a little higher on this offensive line. I think they could have a nice improvement, but I'm a little worried. I, you know, we both have been talking about how much each and every day we're liking more and more of Zach Wilson. I think there's going to be some more growing pains here. I like the trajectory that they're on. I think this is still going to be a tough year for this offense while they will show some flashes. I like the uh, additions they made at the wide receiver position. No question about that. I think that certainly helps them a great deal. Tevin Coleman in his past I have been a fan of I'm just not sure what we see out of him and you mentioned Michael Carter I think Michael Carter could usurp him as the number one uh, running back there because it's kind of what I was about to say I don't know what we see from Tevin Coleman if he is that number one running back I Mm. like him a lot as a number two running back sure not sure what we see from him as a number one so you know I think I like I think by the end of the season Zach Wilson you know Jets fans will be have a lot of optimism but at the same time it's still going to be a tough offensive season to watch for the most part in my opinion i think there's going to be some struggles here yeah the one big thing for me um and you you took the words right out of my mouth as the days go on we get higher and higher on the new york jets and especially you it looks like this zach wilson aaron Rodgers relationship is just blossoming more and more day by day even before that too but it's just getting stronger and stronger now they're both in the league and you know i i think he has success but I'm still just a little nervous, man. Sometimes I look at him and it's like, that's a boy in a man's league. I think you and, and I, I don't, maybe we talked about it on the pod, but I don't think we did. This is the first time, you know, we're in our mid 20s. This is the first time that we saw this dude and we're like, wow, that's, that dude looks yeah, like he's 12 I, years I, old, I, man. I, just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, that, whoa, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. then, but then he came out, a couple yeah. of pressers, had mm-hmm. that dog mentality. I was like, all right, all right, Zach, you're winning me over. Let's get with it. Let's go. Here we go. Bright eyes. And then he makes some plays, makes mm-hmm. some, I'm like, okay, Zach Wilson, what are you doing here? Then I look deeper into it and it's like, Shit, they're going to have a few defenses that are going to know and really want to pressure him, uh, namely the New England Patriots. And uh, he only saw pressure at about a 23% clip at BYU last year. I'm a little concerned for Mm -hmm. Mr. Wilson, especially with this offensive line. There's room for improvement, but... A little concerned. I like Mike LaFleur. I definitely like what he can possibly bring for this offense. I think they're a year away from being competent. I think they're going to have a really good draft pick, get an, uh, another offensive lineman or two. And then in next year, like I said, competent in two years, maybe they'll be uh, looking really solid. Yep. Let's uh, wrap up the offensive side of the ball here for the New York Jets. Uh, the quarterback room comes in ranked per SFA, 29th in the league. Obviously, a lot of question marks there. Offensive line, 24th in the league. I think there's a lot of room for improvement upon that, but they just have not seen consistency right. at any of those guys. 32nd ranked running back room in the league, worst in the league. Hopefully, they'll be able to improve upon that. I think that does loom large with Tevin Coleman not being a true RB1. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers come in ranked as the 29th unit in the league. A little bit of a high uh, ranking there, if I do say so myself. But they, again, also don't have a true wide receiver one. Corey Davis showed flashes in 2020 in Tennessee. But do we see that again this year? Is he going to really, truly break out? And then what do we see from Mims? What do we see from... Uh, e- even the remainder of the guys on the roster there, all of a sudden I'm blanking because I got it. Elijah Moore, yeah, Cole, Cole, yeah. What, what do we see? Cole, all those guys. So yeah, a lot of question marks there, obviously up and down the offense, but obviously with those high rankings, massive, massive room for improvement. Let's flip things over to the defensive side of the ball here real quick, get things wrapped up for the Jets. As far as the defensive line goes, they brought in Vinnie Curry and Sheldon Rankins, uh, Edge and defensive tackle off of free agency they got Quinnen Williams 
rocking and rolling. And then they brought in Carl Lawson off free agency. But if you didn't know, he tore his Achilles a couple weeks back. So he's done for the season. They did bring in Aaron Odeoe. I believe that is how you say his last name, coming in off of uh, out of Baltimore. Uh, he looks like he is going to be the immediate slot in for Lawson and, and be a pretty big uh, key piece here for uh, Robert Sala this year. Then Jared Davis. Jared Davis is battling a little injury as well. Yep. Um, it looks like he should be back around week four to uh, six. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere around maybe after the bye week, week seven. After the bye week, somewhere in there. And then uh, the uh, always popular C.J. Mosley should have yep. a dominant season again at linebacker. And then as far as the secondary goes, not the best in any means but once again a lot of room for improvement with some of these young names and the potential for development they got bless austin um javelin gudry bryce hall Mm -hmm. ashton davis and marcus may I got all of them in the secondary without having to look or cheat. So there you go. Uh, very solid, solid group of guys. Obviously not any ones that you're going to write home about. But again, I think they have an immense amount of improvement or potential for improvement here on the defense. And especially you're bringing in Robert Sala, defensive mind. We saw his defense. You felt the wrath of his defense mm-hmm. as a Packers fan for the last few years. So I think at the bare minimum, we this is where we see the most improvement in the Jets this year, okay. and uh, that's kind of where I would leave it for now. Partner, what are you thinking for the uh, defense here? Yeah, for the most part, I'm kind of with you here. Uh, there's a few playmakers. This My thoughts here is kind of a little bit different than I thought of the Giants, where I said there was no glaring holes, no glaring strengths. There's a few guys that are bona fide playmakers, Quinnen Williams, C.J. Mosley, that I absolutely love. But then there's some actual glaring holes that I see here as far as the secondary and I think there's going to be some struggles against some really high-powered pass offenses. But like you said, I am a big fan of Bob Sala, and I think he's going to figure out a way to make this a useful and maybe scrappy lineup. And kind of like I said about the offense, I think it's a year away from being competent, and I think Mm. they get some secondary help in the draft or free agency next year, and they look uh, a lot better next year and could be very good in a couple of years here. So still some concerns for me over here. A little bit of concerns. I can definitely hear it in your voice. Big concerns on the secondary, especially. Yeah, the secondary, definitely. um, I I think that is their their biggest possibility for improvement, but definitely their biggest hole. Uh, Obviously, the guys over at SFA think so, too. Secondary comes in ranked as a 31st unit in the league. Ooh, not good at all. And then the front seven, 21st in the league. But, hey, I said it before, those big numbers obviously give them them a lot of room for improvement. Let's wrap up the Jets team breakdown before we get into the second segment of the day not doing too bad on time here uh the rest of the segments will be a lot shorter in regards to uh breaking a full team down yep. for the coaching staff new york jets we talked about him time and time again our boy bob sala robert sala coming uh from the dc job in san francisco if you didn't know if you're a fan of the nfl i don't know how in the fuck you wouldn't have known that right and then offensive coordinator, your guy's brother, yes, sir. Mike LaFleur, coming from the 49ers as well. He was OC there under Shanahan. So very Not quite OC. He was pass coordinator. Pass coordinator. Well, still pass coordinator. Yeah, close enough. A, a pass coordinator in a Shanahan offense. I love yeah, it. Close enough. He's, yeah, got, he's, got exactly. a, he's got access to some of the premier offense sure in, does. in the NFL. So I'm very excited to see what he can do with this offense and Zach Wilson. For all the question marks at talent, I don't think there's any question marks at coaching. Oh, no. They rounded out uh, defensive coordinator. We'll see Jeff Ulbrich. Um, I, I don't know how involved he's going to be. Obviously, Sal is going to be that defensive hands-in coach. Uh, and then I think he's just going to kind of let LaFleur run with the offense. Right. And I'm very excited to see what these guys can do. Uh, they are all new, coming in brand new, ready to rock and roll. So 
I'm a little nervous. It hasn't ever been done for the Jets before. If it hasn't done been done in the last two decades, why would it be done again this year? But two and fourteen, you can only go up yep. from here, my friends. What do you think about the coaching staff? I've got a lot of faith in this coaching staff. Like you said, my man, these guys. I I'm not uh, exactly sure about Albrick. I have to imagine he's uh, you know a competent guy because of how highly I think of Bob Sala. So I, I've got high hopes uh, as far as the future of the Jets. This next decade, I think, could be uh, could be one of the better decades of Jets football. I just don't know that we're going to see it quite yet this year in 2021. I don't believe so either, but uh, yeah, I'm also very high on the coaching staff right alongside with you. All right, let's keep it moving. Second segment of the day for both the Giants and the Jets. We're going to go back to the Giants now. We are going to give you our full predictions for their record in the entire schedule breakdown Mm -hmm. now we'll go week by week as always uh when we get to the full betting preview but just at a super high level uh right now they do have their bye week on week 10 and overall they don't have the hardest schedule in the world no sir they have a lot of winnable games, especially with I think their defense might be able to keep them in games more than their offense will. But a lot of games that could definitely be a coin flip and they could lose and it could be again a really, really bad six and ten season mm-hmm. for the Giants. Six and eleven. Six and eleven. <laughs> oh, six and eleven this year. I do apologize. Yeah. I keep forgetting, man. I gotta I, remember that. We got under two weeks away. Yes, oh sir. my gosh, I forgot. Under I didn't two put weeks. Out, I didn't. Oh. I didn't put out my thirteen day tweet. Oh. Hey, day's not over yet. Day's it's not, not over. over yet. It's all right. No problem. No problem. I just can't uh, let anybody steal my thunder. I gotta get there. All right, here we go. First things first, uh, we'll go. We'll go through the entire uh, record here, or the entire schedule. Give you our record predictions. They got the NFC East, obviously. Duh, they are in the NFC East, and then AFC West, NFC South, and then the remaining three: Dolphins, Bears, and Rams. Starting things off in the NFC East. Now, this is going to be very, very doggone interesting. Yeah. I don't. I. You've you heard me say it. If that was the first time you heard me say it, the NFC ish, we've kind of coined that term here on the pod because we don't really know what exactly is is gonna happen mm-hmm. here. Are they gonna be the NFC beast this year? Are they gonna stay the NFC least? Are we gonna find them as we think somewhere in the middle? But what team shakes out as right. the right one in the middle? We don't know. Obviously, the Cowboys look to have the most high powered offense out of the whole run of the mill. Obviously, the most high-powered defense you would probably give to the football team. Certainly. And then the Giants and Eagles kind of fall in the middle (laughs) of what the fuck are they going to do. Exactly. So it's really, really difficult to predict this right Uh now, if I'm going to be bluntly honest with you. Um, I think because of some goofiness, just because they are the two question mark teams, they will split with the Eagles. Okay. I'll give them a one and one. I do believe that the matchup with the football team is terrible. Yep. Absolutely terrible. I will give them the week two matchup against the football team. That is in Washington on Thursday night football. I do not trust Danny Dimes, and I trust, oh, 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 Fitzmagic on uh, Thursday Thursday night football. Oh, that screams Fitzmagic. That's Fitzmagic, baby. That's (laughs) Fitzmagic all the way. Are you fucking kidding me? seriously. So I will take uh, that in week two, and then week 18 is the other one. Week 18 is the last one. I honestly think that might mean a lot for the football team, and that's not going to mean dick for the Giants. So give me the football team 2-0 and against the Giants this year. And then the Cowboys, 
Uh, they got them in week five. Nothing really to write home about. It's a standard game. Um, I don't think they'll be able to beat them in the star this year. So I'll say 0-1. And then in week 15, that is coming off of two games straight on the road against Miami and Chargers in week 13 Ooh. and 14. So they might be pretty beat up. They they might really need that game, but that game also might mean a shitload for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Football team, Cowboys, move themselves away from the pack and kind of are the two teams here that are who's going to be one and two. So once again, I'm going to give them 0-2 against the Cowboys. Okay. And I am very sorry, New York Giants one fans. The Giants are going 1-5 and five in the AFC East. Interesting. I am going a little more optimistic than you. I'll start with the football team. I'm going 0-2 against them. I think as much as you do, I think that's a horrible matchup for this Giants team. I'll give them two wins against the Eagles, actually. Two, both games last year were extremely, extremely tight. They lost by one in Philly, and they won by 10 at home. I'm going to give them a flip on that one they lost, so I'll give them two there. And I'll give them a split with the Cowboys, surprisingly enough. One way or another, I think they get one of these games. These games in the NFC East are just so damn weird. They split with them last year, actually. Obviously, that was without Dak, at least in the second. Certainly both games, it was without Dak. Lost the first one 37-34 in Dallas, then won 23-19 in Week 17. So I'll give them a split there, and I'll give them a nice 3-3 three and three clip here in the NFC East. Wow. Seems optimistic. But, yeah, uh, that seems optimistic as all hell. I, I just do not think we see enough improvements offensively within the division for them to keep pace. Okay. I, it, it, oh, yeah. it might not be those shootouts again. I, I I could see it might not be those shootouts I again. I promise this is the most optimistic I will be in uh, yeah. the rest of the schedule breakdowns right. here. So into the AFC West. Uh-huh. Get it out of the way earlier. They're not beating the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos... I'm high on the Broncos. Week one. Uh, I think that uh, that game is not in mile high, but I still trust it. I still trust the Broncos, man. Vic trusts my boy, Teddy Two Gloves, Mm -hmm. cover machine. I think that team is going to do some things, and that defense is going to do some things. So, I don't think they're getting the win over the Chargers, and the Raiders is going to be a coin flip. That is in week nine, right before their bye. Um... You know what? In a coin flip, Gruden is on the way out. We talked about it. Give me the Giants in that yeah. game. One and three in the AFC West. I'm right there with you. I think the Broncos, once again, is just a terrible matchup for the Giants. Not going to waste any time on the Chiefs. They're losing that game. We're very high on the Chargers. That one's in LA. I'll give that one to the Chargers. And then week nine, I want to give it to the Giants as well. And I think I'm going to. But the Giants come into that game with a eight-day rest disadvantage. Raiders are coming off their bye. And the Giants are coming off of a road month. Monday night game against the Chiefs. It doesn't sound great. 0-4. You're going 0-4. I'm still going to give it to the Giants. I think because of that Raiders defense, I think this is one of the teams that the Giants offense will, that might be the best the uh, Giants offense will look as long as that rest disadvantage doesn't loom large. So I will go 1-3 here. Not after a Monday night football. I know, that recipe is terrible. That's their hardest game. That is their hardest game on the schedule outside of after the bye week in week 11 (laughs) on Monday night football against the Bucs. Uh, no, they're not winning that game in my mind against the Raiders. So okay. I'm going on for you sticking one and three. I am sticking one and three. All right. Moving on into their second round of four out of their eight main non-divisional games, the NFC South. Falcons, I kind of put on the same wavelength, man. I, I don't know 
I'm high on Arthur Smith, mm-hmm. not high as I am on a lot of guys, right. but I think he could have some success, and I think the Falcons could move away from shooting themselves in the foot in the okay. second half, and the Falcons edge that one out. Okay. I love Matt Rule and this offense, and potentially that defense. No, that defense in Carolina has got me concerned. Um, I'm going to go ahead and and give the Carolina Panthers the win in a very tight shootout. That game I see as one of the shootout games in my mind, or the Panthers could just absolutely run away. But I see it as more of a shootout. And then the Saints, oh, I think they'll go marching in no problem. So I'll say 0-3 there, and then 0-4 again from me, from the NFC South. Sheesh. Yeah. That seems pretty pessimistic. Yeah, it does seem pessimistic out okay. of the NFC South, but... I'm going... Uh, sorry, if you're not done. Go ahead. I am going one and three here. Um, I think the Saints, they go into New Orleans. The Saints win that one, and then not even a waste of time on Tampa. They do get the rest advantage against Tampa, coming out of the bye, obviously, but I don't think that matters. And then I'm going to go a split between the Panthers or Falcons. I'm not going to... I am kind of tentative on which one I'm giving it to. They come into week three against the Falcons with a three-day rest advantage, so that helps them a little bit there. But one way or another, I'll give them one and three out of those uh, out of the out of a uh, excuse me the NFC South. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna retract that just a little bit. I I was looking at those uh, rest disadvantages or advantages rather whenever you were talking about that. Yeah. Both of those games being at home. Yeah, they'll get at least one of those. One of them, I think. Yeah. So, uh, hey, don't hate me too much now, Giants fans. Chill out. Chill out a little bit, all right? Uh, Three more games on the schedule, Finns, Bears, and Rams. The Dolphins are always intriguing to me as that game is in Miami, so I'm going to give that game to the Miami Dolphins. The Bears, obviously, I love my Bears, and um, we got an absolute beatdown by them last year. I would hope by Week 17 that Justin Fields is playing, and I would also hope that at that point in time we are in this serious Bears got that one. That's what... uh... Bears got the win oh, last year. Oh, they got the yeah, win yeah, last yeah. year. Oh, yeah, because Saquon went out. Yep. Um, they were up, and then Saquon went out. I, right. Yeah, I, that was a point in time when I was a realist Bears fan, and everybody was so fucking excited. I, we yeah, were 5-0. and oh. awful. And, and you so vaguely remember, I, I looked at you right before that week started, and I said, partner, I love my Bears, but they are not going to be on my main TV. Yeah. This is a fugazi. This is a fake. <laughs> this is not real. And everybody was still on it, and you saw what happened. But either way, they got the win. Sticking with it. <laughs> Don't let me get going on my Bears. Um, I will give the Bears the win there as well, and then I don't think they have a shot in hell against the Rams, even though that game is in New York. So, damn, pessimistically again, I say 0-3 in the remaining three. Yes, sir. I am going right there with you, 0-3. If the game against the Dolphins and Bears were in New York. I think I might give the New York Giants both of those wins going to Miami. I love Miami's home field advantage. And Bears in Week 17 going to Chicago Soldier Field in late December does not sound like a good recipe for Danny Dimes against this Bears defense. I mentioned it. We mentioned it. The Bears took that game last year. They've actually taken uh, this will be the third straight year the Giants and Bears are playing all in Chicago. Bears won the last two games. And now, at that point of the uh, at that point of the season, the Bears should have Justin Fields in the lineup. I think the with the Bears defense in late December against Danny Dimes and Justin Fields, whether the Bears are in contention or not, I think the Bears will still be playing very, very hard, trying to get some momentum for Justin Fields. So I'm giving the Bears that one in a crisp O and three out of those extra three. Are you, are you feeling okay, man? 
Yeah, all right. Can't believe hey, those words come out of your mouth. Ah, against the, uh, <laughs> as, bad match. As as an analyst, they yeah, yeah they have. Well, to I come just out, think so. this team is going to struggle against the teams that have some good pass rushes. That's so, main, mainly my concerns here. So both of us do, and if you have dyslexia, I apologize. But if you're with me, two and fifteen. If two you, and fifteen. If you're with Mags, five and twelve. Goodness, man. Um, you know. That seems extremely, extremely <laughs> pessimistic as I look at those numbers after them going six and ten. But here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not. Yeah, I'm laughing, but I'm not totally. Yeah, go ahead. Here's Sorry. what I'm going to tell you: is that if our predictions, as along with a lot of other people's predictions, that Jason Garrett does not improve upon the mistakes in 2020, this is exactly what's going to happen. The two and fifteen is exactly what is going to happen. It'll be anywhere from two and fifteen to five and twelve. They won't win more than they won't lose less than two, but they won't win more than five. Right. And, and go ahead. I'll I'll add to this. We're also talking to them as if uh, talking about them as if their team that they have now is going to be fully healthy in doing that. You have to imagine. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to be ravished by injuries. There's not a team in NFL history that's got a clean bill of health the entire yeah. season. Yeah, There's going to be some times where they have some pieces out, and it's going to be even worse. So that's that's the only thing I had to add there. Yeah, so it's going to be a huge question mark here if they cannot improve. Um, I, I had one final thing I wanted to add there, but I, I really like that you added that as well. No, that's all good. Um, so we'll keep it moving. We are getting a little windy, so we need to tighten it up here into the Jets as well. So just a forewarning Either if you're with me, 2 and 15 or 5 and 12 with Mags. Keeping it moving, keeping it grooving. We are going, and we talked about some of their key rest and uh, differential splits there. We won't spend time on that today. Let's go into the Jets. Full schedule breakdown. All right, my friends. Doing it once again. Starting with their division. The AFC East. There is no Ish involved here because the Bills should be damn good, the Patriots should be damn good, and the Dolphins should surprise a lot of people. I'm very concerned about the Jets in 2021 in the division. I think that they could split with the Finns. I do. I really do believe that they could split with the Finns, um, but it's going to be extremely hard. Um, one of the games against the Finns is right, Finns against, right after playing uh, Buffalo, and it is on a three-day rest disadvantage. Both times they play the Dolphins, they're on a rest disadvantage, mm. three days and seven days. Sheesh. Um, especially after playing the Bills, maybe they go 0-2. I hate to say that. Doggone it. Um, all right, so as far as the Pats go, I have to go 0-2 because of – Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks. Yep. I can't go against yep. Belichick. And then the Bills, shit the bed, man. The Bills, they do have a rest advantage against the Bills at home, but I don't think the Bills are going to let that slip in mm. Week 10. And then maybe the Bills look past it in mm, Week 18 there you go. because they have it. And maybe that's their lone win, but Even still. I would hate to fucking hang it on that. Like, that's the Bills look-away game. And like, oh, that's how <laughs> you get Trubisky, it. Trubisky, baby. Oh man, he looks good in preseason. I oh, even, I'm not even half honestly, joking about that. Honestly, boys and girls, this breaks my heart. I was, I, I know you can see it on my face. I was really hoping <laughs> to to be hot. Maybe it'll shake out here at some point in time, but I gotta go. Oh, and six in the division. Yeah, I wish Shit. these two teams had flipped their schedules because. I could I could give the Jets a handful more wins as opposed to the Giants, but I am also going 0-6 here. Terrible matchup for me against the Patriots. As you mentioned, Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks absolutely destroys them. 
They are coming out of the bye in week seven against the Patriots, but it is in New England, so that doesn't help. That kind of negates that, in my opinion. Terrible matchup against the Bills. Uh, even 18, that is the one that you could talk me into. Week 18, if the Bills take their foot off the gas. But if I remember correctly, I could be wrong, but I think the Bills did that last year to someone, and they still beat them by 30 with their backups in. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm i giving them a crisp 0-6. If they had the Dolphins at home coming out of their bye or something like that, that would be the one I would give them. But as you mentioned, they've got two rested disadvantages against the Finns, so I am going 0-6 out of the AFC East. Jets fans, I really hope that's not what happens. I really, really hope that uh, you can make some moves, but unfortunately, that really looks like what's going to happen here in the AFC East. As far as their eight main non-divisional opponents, they got the AFC South and the NFC South. AFC South, I think, is where we finally see a little bit of success here for these boys. I think they get the win over the Texans. The Jags are going to be the rookie, uh, the battle of the rookie quarterbacks, and I'm going to go with Michael LaFleur's offense. Okay. I'll bet Daryl Bevel's offense in the first quarter. There you go. And then I will take Michael LaFleur's offense for the full game. So give me the Jets against the Jags. And then I can't see a way they edge out the Titans or the Colts, even if that is a shootout. I, I just I can't see that happening. Right. So I'll give them a two and two in the AFC South. Yeah, I'm right there with you, my man. I I will say two and two, and I don't think it's super optimistic. I, would, I guess it's a little optimistic, but I'll go two and two as well. I think weeks twelve, yeah, week twelve, I'm definitely giving it to the Texans. Week sixteen against the Jags, I'm gonna say that whoever the healthiest team at that point is gonna be the one that wins that game. So uh, you know. I guess I'm not going to predict that, but I will say the Jets. So give me two and two here. All right. Well, hey, uh, speaking of, we are just wrapping up with the Jets before we move right along, or the uh, Giants. Uh, Some big news coming out of the Giants facility. Evan Ingram is uh, back at full health, participating after working on the side uh, for the last few days. But there are some new injuries. Uh, Radarius Williams, Gary Brightwell, uh, they are out but there. Uh, and then some big names, Aaron Robinson, Kadarius Tony, Austin Mack, Danny Shelton, Shane Lemieux, Ellerson Smith, Josh Jackson, Adoree Jackson, Kenny Galladay, and John Ross all Wowza. on the injured list. Wowza. So a lot of guys we talked about, and I said, hey, maybe they can slot John Ross in there for the time being. He's a guy who can get it done. Now he looks like he's hurt too, so even more questions at wide receiver for the Giants and Danny Dimes, so even more reason two to five wins might be the right damn thing, man. So... Back to the Jets here. NFC South. This, I am not as high at all as I was uh, with the Giants. Uh, not even not even close. Uh, or, or I'm a little bit high. Eh, I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of right <laughs> in the same spot. I don't know. I don't know how I feel here. Um, I could see them getting the win over the Falcons. It is in London, so that gives them the advantage. I, I like that potentially. I, think, right? I, I hope. I don't I don't know. Uh and then Carolina's week one. That's in Carolina. Yeah. Sam Darnold Revenge. Uh, I think it's gonna be Sam Darnold Revenge game. I really do too. And as far as the Saints and Bucks go, I just think those defenses are gonna yeah. be way too much for Zach Wilson, that offense. Jeepers creepers. Um Give me one and one and three, just yeah. because I, I think they get the London win. Yeah, that I'm right there with you. I will say one and three, and you know maybe they can find their win if it's not the Falcons somewhere else. But that's where I'm thinking as well. Get them, a, get them a win in London against a matchup that they're not totally overpowered as far as a defensive pass rush. So I will also say one and three here, partner. Remaining three: Bengals, Broncos, Eagles. I think 
doggone it, man. Every time I think that they can get it, and it's just like, I don't know. They'll get the win over the Bengals. That's at home, okay. week eight. They want that one. They're going to need that one bad. That's kind of uh, not the battle of rookie quarterbacks, but Joey B in his sophomore season. Zach Wilson wanted to prove it a little bit. I, I, I get a little bit of that vibes coming okay. from that game. Broncos, I do not see them winning that game. And then the Eagles, I do see them potentially squeaking that out because okay. that is in New York once again. So to give them a little shining beam of light, sure. the three remaining uh, games, I give them a two and one. Okay. I will flip and go one and two, not beating Denver in Denver in week three, not even going to waste any breath after that. I'll say a split between the Bengals and Eagles. I Those two are two question mark teams for me. I don't have high hopes for either of them, but uh, you know, on a week-to-week basis, I think one of the two of those teams can put together something. So I will say a nice one and two. They figure out either the Bengals or the Eagles there in week 13, partner. All right, so either way, you're rocking and rolling. My partner gives him one less win than I do. I am the exact same record he had for the Giants. For the Jets, I got him going 5-12. and 12. All right. And then I have the um, – and you have him going 4-13. So okay. I hate to say it, but I think that's going to kind of be right where it's at. And there's just some really bad matchups on this schedule. I think the coaching staff is great. I think this will be a great year f- for them to get their feet wet. And yep. Maybe they'll be able to pull off a couple of those wins. Yep. Maybe gets maybe get seven wins. I don't know. It's awful lofty because their game total or season win total is at six and a half. So a little something to think about there. But that does it for our entire schedule predictions for the giants and the jets we are cooking right along here second segment of the day uh now moving into the third and final not third and final where am i going hostess with the most it's only the third segment of the day we got four here so third segment of the day you know what we love to do we love to cash tickets we love to analyze lines we love to do everything in between because uh that's how we started this whole journey and we're sports betting analysts at the end of the day So first things first, let's get into the Giants betting preview. Now I'm going to go pretty quickly through this, so keep on up. The Giants in 2020 were an underdog on average by 4.8 points. They come into 2021 as an underdog by 2.3 points. Mm. So you be the judge of that. Book's moving that around a little bit, but they might be able to uh, cover those, or it might just be the Book's trying to trap you into taking the Giants. It's going to be another piss-poor year. They're favored in five games, dogs in 12 games, so pretty similar to 2020. In 2020, they had a 9-7 and ATS record with a 6-10 and straight-up record. 0-2 is a favorite, 9-5 and as a dog against the number. At home against the number, they were 3-5 and with a matching 3-5 and straight-up record. 0-1 ATS as a home favorite and 3-4 and ATS as a home dog. On the road, they were actually pretty solid against the number, 6-2 and ATS with a 3-5 and straight-up record. 0-1 as a road favorite and 6-1 and as a road dog. Love a cup of Joe there. <clears throat> that would be water, but yes, sir. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Either way, uh, those are the key ATS trends and stats. As far as over-under goes, they had an average line of 44.8. The books, once again, tick it up, not down, but in their favor. 46.2 going into 2020, the average game total for the Giants. They were 4-12 over-under, had an overall record there uh, in 2020. Sheesh. They were 6-2 and two to the under at home, 6-2 and two to the under on the road. They were 11-3 and three to the under as a favorite and 1-1 one and one as a dog. 
Team that uh, you wouldn't mind adding to your teaser, definitely got to be the right spread, and you want to get them through a lot of key numbers, so you make it as least sweaty as possible. Six, seven, and ten-point teasers, respectively. Thirteen and three, thirteen and three, and fourteen and two records. So definitely in those ten-point teasers, I think you can probably look to them, but we'll talk about it a little bit here in just a second when we get into the weekly lines. Now, before we get into the weekly lines, because that'll uh, be a little bit uh, more in-depth. Let me see. Eh, nah, we'll just stick with the Giants. We'll stick with the Giants, and we'll run through the whole Giants yep. betting preview. Then we'll just dive into the Jets. So, that all being said, weekly lines for the Giants. Well, so glad you asked, uh, because they are not the most favorable in the world. And we're going to have to really wait and see if uh, we're going to be able to bet them at all. I think they're going to be prime fade material. So, quickly... Going week by week, my friends, week one, they are catching a point against the Broncos, and that one is in uh, New York, as we've already told you. Week two, they're getting three points against the football team in Washington. Week three, they're laying two and a half points against the Falcons at home. Week four, getting five and a half points against the Saints on the road, and then another five and a half points in week five against Dallas at the Star. Week six, they're back at home, getting three and a half points against the Rams, which is very, very doggone interesting to me. Week 7, they are laying three points at home against the Panthers. Week 8, biggest spread, or actually matches biggest spread. Kansas City, they're getting 10 points. Touchdown and a field goal in Week 8 in Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, week 9, they are playing the Raiders, but they are giving a point and a half to the Raiders in Week 9. Then they got their bye week, Week 10. Then Week 11, they got the Buccaneers, again, getting a field goal and a touchdown. 10 points there on the road in Tampa Bay. Week 12, they're giving three points to the Eagles. 13, they are getting three and a half points against the Dolphins in Miami. Week 14, they're getting six points against the Chargers in LA, which I don't think is nowhere near enough for that game. They are getting a point against Dallas. This time, this one is played in New York in week 15. Week 16, they got Philly again, getting a point and a half in Philadelphia. And then close out the season, week 17, week 18, getting two points against the Bears on the road. Horse shit. Give me all of the Bears minus two. And then week 18, they are giving a point and a half to the Washington football team. I will gladly take the plus one and a half with WFT mm -hmm. and the money line in week 18. Yep. Solid value for fade material is what I'm seeing there, my friends. I believe there is going to be plenty, plenty, plenty of opportunities for you to bet against the Giants, especially with the books setting these lines so low. I told you that they ticked it down a little bit here uh, into 2020, made them a little bit less of a dog, and I think that was stupid because we're going to be cashing tickets, fading the New York Giants this year, I does believe. Yeah. Those of you who tuned in know this now or have studied these lines in depth. That's what I'm thinking, partner. What are you feeling here? Any value popping off the board before we move along? Yeah, similar to you. I mentioned it earlier. I think they're just going to be very outmatched against some of these teams that have awesome pass rushes, Denver, Washington both times, and your Bears, maybe a couple other teams, especially if those lines are right around where they are now. I'm going to be hammering the mess out of the Giants. You know, you look back and you see the 6-2 and two ATS away. I think there's no chance that continues once again this year maybe their defense traveled really well but as we mentioned uh, or i have mentioned those home field advantages are going to come back so i think their defense can maybe still travel like they did last year but i don't think their offense is going to travel like they did last year 
So I'm going to be a little tentative on the road, but the ones that I'm really looking for are those games against those really good pass rushes here. Yeah, and as far as the over-unders go, we typically uh, spend some time on that. Not a whole lot you can draw from there on that end of the spectrum. They're right around the 46, 47, 48 line, so it's really going to depend who they're playing, uh, if it's going to be a defensive beatdown like you're talking about, or if the opponent is uh, going to be able to put up a shitload of uh, points on them, and maybe yeah. they'll be able to get the over. Who knows? I don't but think it's going to be 4-12 and 12 to the, or 4-12 four, and 4 to the under like last year. I do think they'll still be an under team. How about you? I would have to agree with yeah. you. I don't think it'll be that bad, though. However, let's keep it moving, keep it grooving, my friends. Uh, the one of the rare times you get to see me without glasses on the pod. <laughs> uh, partner, got to ask you, because there ain't a whole lot of other value. We need to talk about betting the Giants. We definitely like to fade them. Week one, way too early pick, but not so much anymore because there's only 13 days away now under two weeks. Holy shit, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to start cashing gridiron fucking tickets. But Mags, week one, they are playing the Broncos in New York. Are you taking the point with the Broncos, maybe even potentially the money line, because fuck them. Or are you going to say the Giants get the win early in the season and you're taking them with pride? We mentioned it all day. I just mentioned I love these pass rushes against the Giants, and the Denver Broncos are included in that. It is up to one and a half. I just Ooh. checked as you were checking. Didn't, love it. Not big enough to feel like I love needed it. to interrupt you, but one and a half. Give me the Broncos. And in the first two weeks, give me the opponent team here, Broncos, and then the football team. Just to add on to that there. I love them. I'm not going to disagree with you on either one of those picks, and I'm going to take the underdog money line on both of those. I'll take the Broncos, and I'll take the football team. Definitely look for them in my bet slip, but as we're getting closer here, these bets are becoming more and more real as we're talking yeah. about them. So I love okay. those two. Yeah, as a couple of these, couple of these, I'm like, all right, should I be hammering these in like this weekend? No, should I get with this <laughs> yeah. now? So Seriously. we're starting to think about that now. So we'll be telling you if we are for sure, and you can see them in our bet slips too. Action Network, TalkingTheLine.com. Right. We'll be sure to cover that into the show. Keep it moving here. Uh, as far as those totals in those games go, before we move along, 42 and a half against the Broncos and 43 against the football team. So I think both of those are going to be under games. If I was a betting man, and I am, and there's nothing like sweating out a damn good under. Life is too short to bet the over, ladies and gentlemen. Let's keep it moving and keep it grooving. Flipping it on us, huh? Yes, sir, I am. Uh, the win total is currently set at seven wins. Over is at minus 130 and under is at plus 110. Partner, we both came way under regardless of if you were a little pessimistic with me or optimistic with me. It's a little fishy for me. I'm not running to the, to the window to hammer in under seven wins for the New York Giants at plus 110. But I also do believe that uh, that is set that way so a lot more people will take the over. I think the under cashes. I'm not going to run to the window and uh, play this season win total for the Giants. Yeah, I really want to play under seven, but I think I'm going to stay away just because there are a handful of games, as we've mentioned, that are toss-up games. We did say we don't like the Giants to win those games, but there is a world where they win a lot of these toss-up games, and maybe some of these teams on their schedule are a lot more disappointing than we are leading on to them. So I will say under, but I'll also stay away from them. All right. Obviously, make or miss the playoffs can be pretty long odds with uh, how we've already been talking about it. Right. Yes, plus 230, no minus 300. There's no reason to even stop and talk about that if you have bet in any form or fashion in your life. No real reason to stop either for division conference or Super Bowl. I think it's going to, as my partner does as well, shake out between the Cowboys or the football team here in the NFC East. They are currently third with plus 400 odds, so uh, actually 
right on with our prediction uh so that is about all we need to say there no major uh value on the nfc winner or the super bowl 56 couple of well maybe just one to target uh side bet but i've already given you two potential Mm -hmm. side bets for this so uh, do with this as you will but saquon barkley uh comeback player of the year is at plus 700 odds he's right up there uh in the top of the pack number two yeah right right next to christian mccaffrey they're they're right in that ballpark um so i mean maybe worth a look it'll it i think he's gonna struggle i think he's gonna struggle and and not because of his fault not yeah. because of his fault. They're going to rush way too early, uh, way too much on early downs. And it's he's going to struggle. And I hate to say it, but that's what I think. So I yep. would say avoid him as comeback player of the year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think he, I, yeah, I don't know if struggle is the right word. He's just not going to meet his expectations yeah. and it's not going to be his fault. That's where I'm at. It's just and not going to be a safe yeah, one season. Right. And I also am kind of banking on a quarterback winning this award, whether it's Dak, Carson Wentz. Now Jameis is in that conversation. We talked about him yesterday. Very if he true. limits his uh, interceptions and puts up a shitload of yards and touchdowns so i'm uh, i'm gonna stay away i think it's gonna be a quarterback winning this one all right well that does it my friends for the giants betting preview let's flip the squipped squipped on over to the you got james squinston on the mind squinston on the mind <laughs> uh new york jets betting preview all right once again strap in get you a couple uh nice so i got my last swig of joe here mm-hmm. all right 2020 trends for the new york jets in 2020, they were an underdog on average by 9.2 points. It's come way down this year to an underdog of 3.5 points. Obviously, uh, you would think a majority of that would be because of the addition of Zach Wilson and a lot of the different moves they made. They are still only favored in four games in 2021 and dogs in 13. In 2020, let's go back to the past. They had a 6-10 and ATS record, but were the aforementioned 2-14 and straight up earlier on in the show. Never favored, so 0-0 as a favorite, and 6-10 and ATS as an underdog. At home, they were 4-4 and ATS with a 1-7 straight up record, 4-4 and ATS as a home dog. Away was uh, not very good at all. Two and six ATS, exact same one and seven straight up record. Two and six ATS as that away dog. So not real good for the Jets uh, as far as the trends department goes when it comes to covering the number. But uh, hey, Jets fans, only up from here. Maybe. Maybe. As far as <laughs> the game totals go, they had an average line in 2020 of 44.6 or average total rather. They have ticked it up just a little bit. Again, in my mind, I think that is because of Zach Wilson up to 45 and a half for 2021. In 2020, they were 7 and 9 over under overall and potentially 6 and 10 depending on the closing line that you saw. 4 and 4 at home. Five and three to the under on the road. They were obviously never a favorite, so nothing there. And then nine and seven over under as an underdog. Or I apologize, nine and seven to the under mm-hmm. as an underdog. So pretty severe under team. I think we see unders once again from this team. I think they will struggle early to put up a bunch of points, and then they'll finally get it figured out, mm-hmm. get some good momentum going into next year, but not any outlandish momentum by any means uh and then wrapping it up as far as a good teaser for 2020 trends you probably want to avoid them again i would have to say six seven and ten point teasers eight and eight eight and eight nine and six now bob sala is no adam gates no sir and mike lafleur is no adam no sir so i think that these are going to improve they sure drastically speaking of 
Where is that Adam Gase fella? Who knows, man? Have you said you heard from him in a while? You know, I was reading something the other day. I totally forgot what it is. Let me check because I want to say it might have even been. He's either some random, like random. I think he's a high school coach. That's what kind of what I'm thinking too. I don't know. You can move on and I'll figure it out. Either way, let's keep it moving, keep it grooving. Offensive coordinator of a local high school team, not even OC of a local high school. All right. Great for Gase. Great for Gase. Love to see it, buddy. Uh, Let's keep it moving right along. Going into 2021, uh, back to the future, my friends. Uh, We'll look at some of the weekly lines here, week by week. Keep on up. We're going at light speed, I told you. Week one, they are getting four and a half points against Carolina in Carolina. Week two, they are getting three points. Four and a half. Four and a half points against the Patriots at home. Week three, they go to mile high, getting five and a half points against the Broncos. Week four, they're going down to 10 SC, playing the Titans and getting three points. Or actually, no, they are back at home Mm -hmm. to play the Titans. Then they go down to Atlanta, the ATL, week five. That's a London, actually. Oh, that is the London game. Man, I'm all over the fucking map here. That is in London. They are getting three points in the London game. I told you they might win that game, so it might be a good underdog spot to take the Jets. Sure. Week six is their bye week. Week seven, they are getting six points against the Patriots on the road. Week eight, finally favored for once. They're getting or giving a point to the Bengals at home. So we'll see how that shakes out. Week nine, they are playing the Colts. They are getting eight and a half points on the road. Week 10, less than the Colts against the Bills. Division rival. Game is at home, though. They are getting seven points, getting a touchdown against the Bills. Getting a field goal against the Dolphins in Week 11 in Miami. Oh, no, that is in New York. Mm -hmm. And then Week 12, they are giving a point to the Houston Texans. So even when they're favored, it's not by big numbers at all here, folks. And then Week 13, they're giving a point to the Eagles at home. They are getting three, only three, to the Saints Hmm. at home. Very interesting. Week 15, they are getting six and a half points on the road in Miami. Week 16, they are giving a point and a half to the Jags at home. And then 17 and 18, getting eight and a half points at home against the Bucks, And then six and a half points against the Bills on the road. I am really, 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 really interested where the books think that the Jets are going to keep the games at a touchdown or better. I know between the bills right especially on the road they have they they lost the hook they they got a six and a half and a seven they're six and a half i think that's gotta be assuming the bills tie things up early and they just don't care about that game that's i suppose i would yeah that's the only explanation overall my friends short of the london game i don't know there's going to be a whole lot of spots i'm going to be comfortable taking the jets Texans and Jaguars, depending on what we see from them at those points of the season. Potentially, and I don't want to rush to the window as fast as I did the Giants and fading them because I am high on them from time to time that they could pull something out of their ass and get it done. So I think it's a potentially wait and see. Maybe we can make some money on them. Maybe we can make some money fading them. I just don't know yet. And then it's pretty much the same for the game total department. They got a lot of 42s and 43s, and then they got a lot of 48s and 47s. So yep. 48s and 47s might be those overs. 42s and 43s might be those unders. Right. So just a little something, something to think about there, partner. Anything jumping off the page at you for I keep it steaming down the tracks. Yeah, pretty similar to, to you. That week two line against the Patriots, I'm interested in that one. Uh, you know, early on here, if the Jets come out looking terrible and the Patriots come out looking good, that spread might jump up over close to a touchdown as opposed to the four and a half. So I might actually hammer that one in pretty soon here because 
I think the Patriots absolutely smoke them. Week one, you know, I, I'll save that for when you ask me. But, uh, yeah, the rest of them, I really don't know, man. I'm going to have to wait and see as well here. So quickly, week one, they are in Carolina against the Panthers. Way mm. too early pick, not anymore. There's only 13 days away, almost said weeks. They're getting four and a half points against the Panthers. Are you going to take those four and a half points? Or are you thinking I'm thinking that the Panthers are getting going to get it done? <laughs> it confused me there. I am thinking, I don't know if I'll hammer this one in. I'm leaning towards the Carolina Panthers. I just, I think that's just much more complete team, top to bottom. Sam Darnold revenge game. But at the same time, kind of like we're saying, I think that one's going to have to be a wait and see team. I yeah. think I know what I believe. I'm going to see from the Carolina Panthers, but I'm not confident enough to hammer it in week one. So I'll stay away for the most part, at least as of right now. Sunday morning on, uh, you know, September 12th might change my mind. But as of now, I'll stay away. Same here. I I like the Panthers, but four and a half spreads as a favorite always scare me, uh, especially with you have kind of a question mark team like Carolina. So I, too, will stay away. I could potentially see that game going under the 43, but once again, Got to see a little bit more and know a little bit more before yep. I run to that. So it's a stay away for now, my friends. Keep it moving. Win total. Current season win total is set at six total wins. Now, if you were with me, of course, I threw that shit away. You had five. Uh, yeah, it was five and 12, and you were four and 13. So either way, we're both under, but there's no plus money poly action here. Right. The over six, excuse me, over six is at uh, minus 115, and the under is at minus 105. Mm. Not really any value there. I'm not sweating out a um, uh, minus 105 ticket on an under. So, uh, and honestly, I hope that the Jets do not go uh, as bad as we're talking. 12. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope they have improvements. Yeah. I'm also thinking under. I'm just going to stay away just because I love this coaching staff so Don't much. Don't worry about any alternate. Totals. Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious. I'm just curious totals. what they are. So but yeah. I'll keep them. Yeah. Because we are kind of running yeah, through yeah, here. Go ahead. So um, to make or miss the playoffs, obviously not any value there at all. Plus 490, minus 700. Really don't need to discuss that whatsoever. And then really no value um, to play there on the uh, division conference or Super Bowl. I really hope for your sake, uh, Jets fans, that they do improve in a lot of key areas. But overall, uh, you know, I just I think it's going to be a stay away all yep. season long for the Jets. 100%. Last but certainly not least, a couple of side bets maybe to look at. Uh, offensive Rookies of the Year. Zach Wilson is at plus 650. If he balls out and surprises the hell out of us, definitely. And then his uh, looks to be one of his key receivers, Elijah Moore, at plus 2,500. We have been liking those plus 2,000 to plus 2,500 yeah. odds on these future plays. So maybe worth a little sprinkle, a little something to look at there, but I don't necessarily know that Elijah Moore is going to have the numbers to get it done. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm not hammering in these guys. Wilson, this path is certainly there. And, I mean, Elijah Moore... If he's in that conversation, you have to imagine Zach Wilson's going to be even higher in that conversation. So I'll stay away from both of them altogether here. All righty then. So that does it. All the value for the New York Jets and their full season betting preview. Now, before we go any further, just wanted to make sure we had nothing else to discuss betting-wise. doesn't look like we're, we have anything else. It looks like we are ready to rock and roll. So... With all that uh, being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the fourth and final segment of the day. We'll get back into the Giants right now with our best fantasy advice in the segment we have coined. Start, stash, or pass. First things first, partner, quarterback room. 
Are you targeting in any capacity in your upcoming draft, Mr. Daniel Danny Dimes Jones? Or will you be targeting Mr. Mike Glennon in any capacity going into your upcoming draft? And if you do, will you be starting them, stashing them, or passing them all together? Give me Mike Glennon, baby. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, actually, my uh, sister-in-law used to babysit his kids when he was playing in Chicago, funny really? enough. Yeah, so, uh, you know, really? you know, not really relevant as far as this conversation. Thought but I'd mention I mean, that, hey, though. you I, never know what rabbit hole you're yeah, going to find in the TTO pod. But uh, as far as Danny Dimes, I'm going to stay away, man. He was the number 24 quarterback last year. I think that certainly improves and he gets into the top 20, but... I don't think he's going to get anywhere near the top 10 or top 12, kind of where you're looking for your starting quarterback. And I don't like him enough to be even my backup quarterback. So, you know, maybe there's a week or two if I'm desperate. Maybe he's got a nice matchup. But overall, I'm going to pass on Mr. Danny Dimes. Yeah, I'm good. Nothing else I need to say on top of that. Sure. I'm going to pass on him. I don't think we see production from Danny Dimes this year. Running back room, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Booker, make it easy for you. Devontae Booker, pass on him altogether. And maybe potentially a little red flag some point in the season. Mm -hmm. Anything happens, maybe a handcuff, but nowhere near a top five or even top ten handcuff yep. in the league, in my opinion. Sure. And then Saquon, obviously I hope he has a huge year. Obviously I think he will finish well within the top five or top ten backs, but I just think there's going to be some weeks that he's going to spin the wheels and he might not produce the RB1 numbers you need, right. might not even be RB2 numbers, and then the next week he throws up 40 points. Right. I don't know if you can depend on that. I would say, obviously, if that's your RB1, you're in the top six picks and all those other RBs are off the board, you're going to have to take Saquon. You need that, but just be a little careful. Jason Garrett might shoot this man in the foot this year, yeah. and I just think you need to be be very careful. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll handcuff Booker just off the knock on wood, just because of a little bit of an injury, you know, coming off of an injury for Saquon. So if anything happens, uh, like you said, I'm not saying he's top five, top ten handcuff, but knock on wood, if anything does happen and he's the number one guy, I'll take him. Saquon, much like you, partner, I obviously I would love to have him. I think there is at least three guys in the draft you should target. You shouldn't be taking Saquon first or second overall. And I would even take Dalvin Cook over Saquon, much like you. But, sure. it, you know, if I'm in the middle of the first round and Saquon's there and none of these top three guys are there, I'll definitely be happy taking him. Absolutely. Wide receiver room, my friend. Uh, there's a lot of names, a lot of guys. I don't know what capacity you can target them in, to be honest with you. Uh -huh. uh, I took Kenny Galladay early as hell last year when he was injured. And they were predicting him to be back week one. Everything's sure. all good. No problem. This is the, I mean, it was like I was in the fucking twilight zone. Mm -hmm. I was reading the exact same article I read from last year, this year. I mean, I, I had to check the date and everything. Like, it's the fucking <laughs> twilight zone. So, I'm not trusting Kenny Galladay okay. this year. I, I want to. I just, sure. I can't with the injury question marks. And he screwed my whole season sure. last year. So, hey. Nothing against Kenny. He's a guy. He is a guy and a half in the NFL. And if you guys want to shoot your shot on him, I think maybe he could. But the injury just looms too large for me. And I cannot have a wide receiver one. He, he is a wide receiver one. No question. He mm -hmm. got paid like it. Mm -hmm. No question. But I cannot have my locked-in wide receiver one still having question marks yeah. going into week one, two, maybe three. Okay. I can't have it. I'm similar. Oh, sorry, you're going to – did you have more? I was going to, but yeah, you yeah, were kind of okay. going in. So uh, just to wrap up all of them, Darius Slayton, 
worth a flex spot. Uh, that's going to be a later round pick for you. Sterling Shepard is going to be maybe a wide receiver to flex most weeks, but he might early in the season be more of a wide receiver too. Definitely worth a target uh, in some of the later rounds. And then um, as far as everybody else, maybe Kadarius Tony. I think Kadarius Tony definitely for dynasty purposes yeah. would be good. Uh, maybe we see him quarter of the way halfway through the season start producing fantasy wise this year. That's all my thoughts. I also do like John Ross, but obviously with him getting yeah. hurt and he just really hasn't been a fantasy guy in a while. So that's my thoughts on the wide receiver room. Now hit him with it, partner. All right, partner. I am I'm tentative, much like you are on this uh, entire roster of wide receivers. There's all of these guys I have interest in in some level. As far as who's going to be the guy that's producing on a week-to-week basis has me concerned. I mean, Sterling Shepard had an average when he was healthy, 13 and a half points. I like that, but there were some down weeks in there as well. Darius Slayton, I might pass on him altogether. His production dropped off when Sterling Shepard was healthy, and now you bring in Kenny Galladay if he's healthy. So I'm actually passing on uh, Slayton altogether. Dynasties for Tony, I will uh, stash him. Passing on him for redraft this year. Don't know what we're going to see from him. So I have interest in Sterling Shepard. I'll stash him. Galladay... I'll, I would love to draft him, but if there's another guy that I'm more confident in his injury health, his consistency, I'm going to take that other guy. So, you know, if Galladay's fallen, people are also nervous on him. I'll take him a little bit beyond where he's probably going in drafts. So I guess I'll stash him, but I'm very, very tentative on this whole lineup here of Ross, uh, wide receivers. All right, tight end. Only really one you need to talk about is Evan Ingram. They really need to improve him here in 2021. I think he has the possibility and potential to finish in that top cream of the crop of the guys outside of the top 10 that we uh, keep talking about I will I won't go out of my way to get him but if he is going to be my tight end I'm not going to be upset about it I think that out of all of these receivers he might have the most shot to put up the touchdowns and put up the receptions so as far as PPR goes too he might be worth it but I definitely think he shouldn't be your number one target. No. Definitely set up some tiers, and there's at least a dozen guys ahead of him. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. He was number 15 tight end last year. I think he improves on that. But this is the guy the last couple of years that people have been expecting him to be that breakout guy and not even where you said that next tier, guys. They think he could be, until this year, they've thought that he's going to break out and be that maybe even number five, top five tight end. And I'm not buying into it again this year. I Like I said, I think he gets closer to 10th tight end. I'd love to have him as my number two, but I still think people are going to be overdrafting him. And I'm not going to be one of those people. If he falls to me around where I'm looking at a number two tight end, I'll certainly take him. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's going to be overdrafted in many, many leagues this year. Nope. And then... Uh... As far I think he's going to be uh, yeah, overdrafted yeah. as well, so no, I probably won't take him. Then as far as kickers go, eh, I don't know. I don't think any value there. Uh, Graham Gano, obviously, if you need a kicker spot, he is one of the guys that will probably finish within the top 15, top 20, but uh, wouldn't go out of my way to pick him up. Sure. And then as far as the defense goes, I would let them fall to the waiver wire. If you are hurting, they might be able to put up uh, some nice numbers as far as touchdowns, as far as maybe some turnovers here or there. Uh, the sacks probably won't be there, but uh, if you're really hurting, maybe worth a look, but I'm going to pass on the New York Giants defense and special teams. Okay. They were number 14 defense last year, so I might be interested in them as a number two defense. Yeah. It's kind of a sneaky defensive unit here, so maybe I like it a little bit. I think they they forced a lot of fumbles, but they didn't have the best luck of recovering it, so maybe that flips around this year, and they actually recover a lot higher percentage of those fumbles, so I might look at them as my number two defense here. All right. 
So that is all the best fantasy vice and start stash or pass for the Giants. Let's quickly move into the Jets here. Partner, first things first, the quarterbacks here. Are you targeting Zach Wilson in your upcoming fantasy draft? And if so, are you starting him, stashing him for now, or passing on him altogether? I'll pass on him. I I could see him having a nice fantasy season, but just with the unknown, I'll pass him on, on him altogether, at, at least in a redraft. In Dynasty, I might be interested in stashing him, but uh, yeah, I'll pass on him just with the uncertainty of what we see from him from a fantasy standpoint here. Same for me. I would stash him in a Dynasty as my QB2, uh, and then, you know, maybe, 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 maybe stash him in maybe. a redraft league, but that's a whole bunch of maybes there before yep. that. So, running back room, uh, Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter. I'm going to avoid Tevin Coleman. Hasn't, uh, I mean, if you go back to all the 49ers running backs, there's never been really a 49ers running back you could depend on fantasy-wise from week to week. I'm not going to trust him in New York, but I will, however, if I can get my hands on him, I'm going to take a stash on Michael Carter, Yeah, most definitely for dynasty purposes, but I think too in redraft this year, I think he can kind of emerge as that number one back, kind of push Tevin out of the way and really get a bulk of the workload. So I will be stashing him with the expectation he can potentially break out around week five or six. I don't have too much to add. We can move right along. I've got very similar opinions as you do, partner. All right. And then as far as the wide receiver room goes, um, not a whole lot of things worth mentioning here. Now, obviously, a few guys that you might want to think about. Uh, Corey Davis, obviously, breakout year in 2020. I would make him a wide receiver three mid-tier flex week to week unless he breaks out big time and becomes a favorite target of Zach Wilson I just don't ever really see him breaking out as a fantasy player Jameson Crowder had a few good fantasy seasons here or there I don't know what he's going to do out of the slot I'm going to go ahead and pass on him let him follow the waiver wire and then maybe potentially he's still on the waiver wire and he starts doing good things but at the at the most a bench ad, a late, late, late round bench ad. I, I, I don't know. He might get overdrafted. I might not even get to see him. Denzel Mims. I think we see a lot of improvement in the sophomore season here, especially with Zach Wilson. I don't think any better than flex numbers, but definitely a flex you can plug and play from week to week, and it's going to get you some good numbers. And then Elijah Moore coming in out of Ole Miss. He was a dog at Ole Miss, yeah. and I just don't see how he cannot be here in New York. So I think he gets on the field sooner rather than later. For now, would be worth a stash and probably kind of like how I was with Michael Carter, maybe right around four, five, six, he becomes a guy you can really depend on. So outside of that, um, also like Keelan Cole, I think he has potential to break out, but I got to pass on him for now with definitely putting a red flag on him to see what can potentially happen here in 2021. All righty. I've got very similar opinions here. Another room that I'm really interested in some of these guys, I'm just going to be real tentative in the draft because I think one of these guys is going to break out to be, we just don't know who Zach Wilson's going to like throwing to on a week to week basis. Is it going to be a carousel of guys, you know, maybe one guy's putting up that 15 plus number and maybe it's the same guy every week. Maybe it's a carousel like I'm kind of saying and that's kind of what I'm predicting here so I'm really tentative to take one of these guys high in the draft on the basis that maybe that's a guy that Zach Wilson just doesn't have a lot of chemistry with so I want to stash just about every single one of these guys I, I guess is what I'm saying here Corey Davis 13.7 average last year Crowder 14.3 so I guess Crowder would be the one that I think would my, maybe have the most consistency mm. so that would be my favorite one that I would target here I guess is what I'm kind of saying here all right so not a whole lot of value from us but uh yeah i think we're kind of on that same page pretty much all stash guys and yeah. kind of wait and see what we actually get from them definitely have that upside but just don't know if we see it right away right. tied in chris herndon about the only one you really need to talk about with any fantasy value as well 
Um, he falls in that cream of crop, but the bottom end of that cream of crop, and he's only going to get you one or two weeks where right. you can really write home about him. I'm going to pass on him this year. I tried him a few years back, and it just did uh, not work out well at yep. all. So I'm going to pass on Chris Herndon altogether. Yep, same here. No interest in uh, any tight end out of this room. All right. And then last but certainly not least, my friends. Well, two last but certainly not least, but uh, kickers of people, too. We got Matt Amendola in town for the New York Jets. No idea. Maybe he is going to be that future sleeper for the league. Maybe the Jets turn into the field goal team we have come to know Maybe. and love. Who knows? But worth maybe a little uh, ear to the streets or a little red flag. Ear to the streets on these kickers. Matt Amendola. (laughs) And then as far as the defense goes, I am going to stay away. However, I think that they are worth a red flag. Yep. Robert Sala is not no slouch. And I think if anything improves, it's going to be this defense. And this defense could shock the hell out of a lot of people. So I'll put a red flag on them and uh, maybe even move them right now into that kind of defense two spot for me. I I, I like their chances of improving. a bit higher on them i will do a red flag and maybe i'll scoop them up if i'm liking what i'm seeing against some of these uh bad teams like texans uh you know week 12 type range might be a little streaming option for me all right well there it is light speed through start stash or pass our best fantasy advice for the new york jets holy smokes we did it my friend we got through it the second of two double NFL special editions. We just uh, talked everything Giants sure and talked everything Jets. If you came in late, if you missed anything, uh, it's all there. You can go and uh, hear us blabber on about the uh, full team breakdowns, give our predictions for the schedules, see the betting preview, and then, oh, if you just missed the uh, fantasy advice, ah, it's right there. Just uh, roll on back. And now, new and improved, we add chapters to our YouTube videos so you guys can easily find uh, what we're talking about and skip right through to a section. So our uh, our tech guy has uh, been doing a lot of work and figured out how to do that. So, hey, hey, thanks, tech guy. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. All right. Well, with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, before we uh, do a little TTL after hours, holy shit, we are only uh, two minutes over time here with Not the double team. Not too fucking bad. Not too bad. Had to uh, push it along in a few spots, sure. but uh, n- nonetheless, we're moving and grooving. All right. Let's send both the Giants and the Jets on about their 2021 season. Here we go. Two, Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, and Patrick Graham. Everyone on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, and each and every person inside of the New York Giants G-Men organization. We wish you the best of luck in 2021 and hope that our predictions are incorrect. As for the Jets, to Robert Sala, Mike LeFleur, and Jeff Ulbrich, we too wish you the best in your coaching seasons here in 2021. Every offensive and defensive player to have nothing but electricity pumping through your veins so you too can maybe do a little bit better than what we have predicted here. Nonetheless, good luck to all of you, and Godspeed. Godspeed. There we have it. There you go. (laughs) That is officially the 23rd NFL Special Edition. Ooh. Let me uh, breathe it out here for a second. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, not a whole lot here to do. We're, uh, we're just going to wrap it on up, get you on, on about the weekends. We obviously got a uh, little motivation minutes coming here down the pipe. A uh, few little updates, things we'll uh, tell you about here. No late breaking news that I can see. Go ahead. 
breaking news. Well, we didn't mention it this morning. Mr. Jameis Winston getting the starting role for the New Orleans Saints. Wish that news came out yesterday when we were covering the Saints, but we'll take it today. But actual NBA breaking news for our Chicago Bulls. Lowry Markinen on the way out. No longer in a Chicago Bull uniform. He's going to Cleveland. Mm. Bulls get Derrick Jones Jr. That uh, that's, that's nothing to me. I was uh, a big supporter of Lowry, thinking he was going to break out at some point in his career with the Bulls, and it just never panned out. So, just uh, did not ever pan out, for sure. So no, he's out. He gone. Derrick Jones then, Jr. Yeah, coming in. Our man, Jameis Winston, officially named as the starter. Is Taysom Hill staying in New Orleans, or is he going to be out of town as well? I think they might actually do what I said yesterday, a couple matchups where they decide that Taysom's a better option. Uh, against like Washington or somebody. I maybe, don't know. Maybe. Or we see uh Jameis having number one having the number one spot for yardage this season. So Possibly. Who knows? Who knows what the hell happens? Either way, now you know some late breaking news. All right. We need a little bit of knowledge, partner. Anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul. You have been dying to get out to the folks that joined us on episode number 112 of the Talking the Line podcast on this B-E-A-U-T-Full August 27th, 2020. One. Alrighty, so I mean, hey, double issue. The last time we had a double issue, it was a team that uh, it was actually two teams that played in the division, so they played a lot more. But hey, New York teams—they've mm-hmm. seen each other a handful of times, not as many as you would expect. Not quite like the MLB, where they make sure they get their crosstown rivals playing every single year. These teams have actually only played 14 times in their history. First game was in 1970. They really only play every four years or so. So first game, 1970, Jets have won the last two, but the Giants lead the series 8-6. to six. No playoff games. It would have to be the Super Bowl. That has not been the case. So 8-6 and six record for the Giants in these games, and they don't play each other this year. So I think last game was in 2019, so it might be a couple more years. All right. Well, thank you for that, partner, because I would have definitely thought they would have had. Well, I was more surprised to see only that. fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, and the Giants only be up eight six. Like, there's not really like a clear one team better than the other. I would think that the Jets have historically been a little bit worse. I don't know. Hey, that's that's some interesting factual knowledge coming out of your of sidebar today, partner. I appreciate it, and I know they do too. Soon we will have. All types of oh, wonderful baby. stuff coming out of your sidebar. Who knows what we might see on the sidebar coming very soon now that it is officially part of the TTL pod. All that being said, my friends, all right, we are getting really, 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 really doggone close. So we have, um, oh, what do we got here? We have one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine episodes left. Actually, eight because we are skipping September the 3rd for a college football uh, special show. That is obviously week one. We got week zero coming up this week. So uh, if you want those picks, as always, make sure you check them on the Action app. We'll be pumping them out too on TalkingTheLine.com. You can see them on the Today's Best Bets tab or the Live Lines and Odds tabs. You can always find them there if you don't have the Action Network app or if you're in a hurry. Bang, talkingtheline.com. Also, uh, so just so you know, the last one, eight shows left, nine, eight is the official last NFL special edition before we get back to the daily Talking the Line podcast that we took a break from for the last 32 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will be the Washington football team. And then 9-9, the NFL season starts. 9-12, the uh, first official Sunday games. 9-9 will be business as usual. We'll be back to my picks. Mag's picks. We'll do the special play of the day. We'll have the money line dice roll. 
We'll uh, throw a little bit of banter nonsense in there in between to wrap out, uh, wrap up the show. You know, a little after dark, the ransom reactions. You know how it goes down here at the TTL pod. So we'll get that back rocking and rolling here real soon too. Might have to switch up Thursday's special play. It was triple play Thursday throughout the summer for baseball. Might have to be a little uh, Thursday night football type special play. Maybe an SGP. I don't know. Hey man, I'm always good with those names. I'll figure something out here off the cuff. We'll figure something out for sure as that rolls on along. We are very close to. It, so we'll have it before you know it outside of that now i've really been uh teasing the hell out of this and i'm still gonna tease the hell out of it i'm not gonna tell you what's coming on uh september the 8th but it is officially official and the next time that you do see us live i will be able to tell you about what is coming right around the bend I will uh, fill you all in on all the uh, nooks and crannies and all of the hints that I have been dropping. And you'll, they'll all start to make sense and you'll understand why I've been keeping this so secretive because it is rather important that we do so. So stick around. Make sure you come on around the bend, episode number 113 on Monday, because we'll have some very, very important news announcements and updates for you guys to hear about. Once again, as it just has become a common trend, TTL Sports Media once again changing as you know it. And not for the bad. Or the great. Never for the bad. Always for the up and up. You will never catch us down and down. We are always on the up escalator, never on the down eel. So please, stick with us. It's only getting bigger and better. And we're going to keep doing it for each and every one of you. That all being said, not a whole hell of a lot else I got to say here, partner. Um, Just a reminder, hit that link tree uh, down in this episode's description. Uh, I've said it 15 times already, but check out TalkingTheLine.com in case you missed that. Uh, Also, check out our best bets of the day on the website or on the Action Network app. I am at Cash underscore with underscore Colt. Riley is at RMAGS in all caps. And then the best bets of the day, once we get back to business as usual, are at TalkingTheLine. So that is everything as far as best bets of the day goes. All of that jazz. We're still cashing tickets. I went 5-1 and one yesterday with 3-4 and four the day before. I really hate baseball. I don't understand it whatsoever. But, hey, 8-5. and five, Can't complain for the last two days. That all being said, uh, partner, anything I left out? Anything I missed before I send these kind folks into their weekend with some motivation minutes? No, sir. I think we're about ready to rock. All right. Well, I will get after it then. So with all that being said, last but certainly not least, need a little extra inspiration, a little motivation, get you on about your Friday into through the weekend until you see me again on Monday. Well, I got you back. Let's get into my motivation minutes for the day. Now, if you've been coming around, hanging around, you've been waiting for these um, throughout the course of this week. The whole theme has been you are in charge of your own happiness. If you are in a situation that is not making you happy, only you hold the key to unlock the door to getting out of that situation. And I won't go back all the way through every message I've had this week, but what I did want to do is kind of put a cap on top of it and visit something that I really didn't talk about. Because as you make the choice to start pursuing your passions or pursuing your own happiness. And as these things start to unfold and you pursue this mindset, what I'm about to talk to you guys is about is probably the hardest thing. Not probably, it is the hardest thing. And I talk about it a lot in a different form or fashion, 
But what I wanted to talk to you guys about today and, and to close out chasing your own happiness and, and you're in charge of your own happiness and, and choosing that is that it's going to be hard. You're going to battle adversity. You're going to be running 100 miles an hour. Everything's going to be great. And then you're going to smack your face right into the middle of a brick wall. There's going to be flaming arrows coming across the battlefield at you day in and day out. Sometimes there's going to be two of them. Sometimes there's going to be 5,000 flaming arrows. Sometimes they're going to send fireballs at you and you're going to have to figure out how to just avoid those because you ain't catching those and breaking them over your knee, my friend. You're just going to have to figure out how to not get hit. It's going to happen. I've said it before, when one door closes, when one door opens, when one door closes, another door opens, but it's hell in the hallway. You're just in that hallway. And what you got to remember, as you are in that hallway, I wanted to share this quote with you, and this is kind of the the cherry, as I always say, on top of the uh, the Motivation Minute Sunday that has been this week. Keep doing the right thing when the wrong thing keeps happening. Keep doing the right thing when the wrong thing keeps happening. It sounds so simple and so goofy, but it is has so much power. It is... It's wild and it's really hard to not just throw up your hands, to not just quit. When things aren't going as you anticipated, to say, ah, this is the universe telling me it's it's no good. Yeah, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm out. It was put on your heart for a reason. You were supposed to chase it for a reason. The reason why it hurts so bad right now or you're facing this adversity is one, to get you ready for the opposite side and be an entirely new version of yourself. But two, hand in hand with that, testing you to see if you really are about that action. You know what I'm saying? Are you really about that grind every day? Are you really about getting slapped in the face over and over and over again and you get up that one day and all of a sudden it's become successful? Are you really about that action? That's what adversity is asking you. And if you like to carry yourself like you got badass motherfucker written on your wallet like I do, those are those moments that you want to embrace. And I hope that you can. And I hope that my messages through this week have given you that hope or that change of heart to say, you know what? I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go chase after what I want to go chase after, and I'm going to live my life happy. Because I'm telling you, at the end of the day, my friends, when you do, it opens up so many other doors for you that you never even knew existed. And I said this at the beginning of the month. This was actually my quote of the month, but it really, once again, kind of brought everything full circle. I wanted to leave you with this. Winners are losers who got up and gave it one more try. You can either stop now and be a loser for the rest of your life or keep going with the hope of becoming a winner. And the thought of hope gives me a lot more drive than being a loser. I don't know about you, but that's where I get my my goals from. And I don't do it for the notoriety or the fame or the money or what whatever I I do it to share this message with you guys and to find that fulfillment and 
to give give back what I find with these. And, you know, I, I can't tell you enough, guys, how much I appreciate you sticking around, how much I appreciate you listening to these. And from the bottom of my heart, I really, really hope that you will choose to start chasing your own happiness, regardless of whatever that's in. I've told you it all week. If it's a relationship, if it's your job, whatever it might be, if there is something you or that is causing you pain, anxiety, no good in your life, you are the only one that has the ability to cut it out. You hold the key to unlock the lock and stop living your life in chains. So I leave you for the weekend till we get another chance to revisit some Motivation Minutes and an entirely brand new message. Keep doing the right thing when the wrong thing keeps happening. And winners are losers who got up and gave it one more try. And that does it for my Motivation Minutes of the day. Great stuff, my man. Uh, the saying that comes to my head, what is it? Get knocked down seven, get back up eight. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the one that I hear when, uh, you know, when that's similar translation as the winners or losers who got up and gave it another try. That's the one, the quote that comes to my mind yeah. the get knocked down seven, get up eight. Yeah, absolutely. And I just kind of wanted to put a cap on it, just a little bit of different perspective. Um, honestly, it's, it's game changing, boys and girls. And I hope that if just one of you, just one of you makes the decision, then I did my job. Start living happy, my friend. Stop living depressing, shitty lives. <laughs> Just get out of the anxiety. You hold the power. I can't say it enough. I'll quit blabbering. I know I have been, but go chase your happiness, my friends. Go chase your happiness. All right. Well, that officially does it. The full season preview for the G-Men, Gangrene, everything in between, a little bit of banter, Armag sidebar, my motivation minutes, Everything all-encompassing, episode number 112. Anything I missed, partner? Anything happened to pop into your head additionally as I was wrapping up the show there? No, sir. We got nothing going on. All right. Well, let's send these folks on about their weekend the only way we know how. (coughs) Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, New York Giants fans, New York Jets fans, Fans of the NFL Shield, fantasy football players, NFL football betters. Far and wide from myself and Mags. Thank you so much for choosing to stop by the Talking the Line podcast today and listen to a couple of guys talk about some foosball. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it, and we are only going to keep pumping out bigger and better content for each and every one of you guys from the bottom of our hearts. We appreciate all of your following, all of your support, and we're only going to keep making this, as always, bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, but certainly not least, don't think I forgot. We hope you have a spectacular rest of your Friday, unless you have other plans, a terrific start to the Friday evening, and a beautiful weekend, and we'll see you back around the bend on Monday for episode number 113. And off the top of my head, I wish I would have been able to Philadelphia close. Eagles. It will be the Philadelphia Eagles. My partner always has my back. As always, make sure you check the best bets of the day. Have a spectacular Friday. And my friends, let's cash.
Ooh, one more time. One more. Let's cash some tickets.